Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. You know, each of us really needs to understand who we really are, who our spouse really is, and how we go together to build a relationship that will encourage each of us to grow individually and as a couple. To that end, last week we began looking at the question, How well do I know the unique person who lives in my body? Specifically, we looked at getting to know yourself, experiences, and what they mean. Today we begin the broadcast looking at getting to know yourself, emotions, desires, and choices. You know, we're not computers. We have emotional responses to the situations in which we find ourselves. Perhaps the most unique thing about us is our emotions. Rarely will two people feel the same about a given sensory experience. Even if we use the same word to describe our feelings, such as, I feel disappointed that we did not get to go to the program, we will differ in the level of disappointment. Only you know what you are feeling and how deeply you feel it. Often we are influenced by our feelings without being consciously aware of what we are feeling. Self-awareness in the area of emotions will give us greater self-understanding. You know, we commonly divide emotions into two categories, positive and negative. In the positive category, we list such emotions as happy, excited, thrilled, and satisfied. In the negative column, we list such feelings as anger, fear, resentment, and depression. Normally, the positive emotions are those feelings that draw us toward a person, place, or thing, while negative emotions are those feelings that push us away from a person, place, or thing. For example, if I feel loved by you, then I am drawn to be with you. If I feel resentment toward you, however, then I will likely withdraw physically and emotionally. As Christians, it is important to understand that negative emotions are not sinful. Feelings both negative and positive are not right or wrong. They simply are. You are human and therefore you feel. Some will read Colossians 3.8 where it says, Put away anger and conclude that anger must be sinful. However, Paul's warning was addressed to the issue of allowing anger to live inside over a long period of time. We are told in Ephesians 4.26 that we are not to let the sun go down on our anger. We are not told that anger is sinful. According to Dr. Chapman, anger is meant to be a temporary visitor indicating to us that something needs our attention. But anger is never to be a resident in our heart. Jesus felt anger on more than one occasion. Christians are sometimes shocked to discover that Jesus also had feelings of discouragement and even depression. Although Jesus was divine, he was also fully human, and his emotions ran the gamut of both positive and negative feelings. Thus, you don't have to apologize for your emotions. Your emotions, however, do tell you something about yourself. They give you some clues as to how you are responding to the current situation. 
They are like the indicator lights on the instrument panel of your car, informing you that something needs your attention. You know, you can ignore the little red oil light, or you can get out and put in a quart of oil. The same is true with your emotions. You can ignore a negative emotion, or you can give your attention to do something constructive in the area to which the emotion is related. You cannot get rid of feelings by trying to deny them, nor can you control them by ignoring them. If you ignore the red oil light, it's only a matter of time until you'll be stopped by the malfunctioning of your car. If you ignore your negative emotions, you will be stopped just as surely by the malfunctioning of your body and your relationships. You can change your emotions by re-examining your interpretation of the situation or by getting more information. Here are four things about emotions. First, they normally appear spontaneously. We don't sit around thinking, I believe now I will go out and feel lonely. Loneliness is a feeling that overtakes us, not something we choose to feel. Second, emotions often come in groups. That is, many times we feel more than one emotion. If you are involved in an automobile accident, immediately you may feel angry, frustrated, irritated, anxious, and cautious all at the same time. Third, emotions have different levels of intensity. You may feel mildly happy or exceedingly happy. You may feel somewhat sad or you may be in the pits. Finally, your feelings may sometimes be in conflict with one another. Your spouse tells you that he has just made a $500 purchase, a real bargain for an item that usually sells for $998. You may feel happy that he has made such a savings and at the same time fearful that you do not have enough money to cover the purchase since you made a $300 purchase you have not told him about. Your teenage son comes home an hour after you expected him. You may feel relieved that he's home and happy that he is safe. But you may also feel angry that he was not thoughtful enough to call. Being in touch with your emotions will give you a better understanding of who you are and why you behave the way you do. One way to enhance your awareness of your emotions is to simply ask the question, What am I feeling right now? Another way to enhance your sensitivity to your feelings is to observe the way you are physically responding. Are you smiling as you hear the person talk? Do you have eye contact with her? What is the tone of your voice? Your physical responses to a situation often give you a clue to what you are feeling. Your feelings at any given moment reveal one aspect of who you are. When you say, I feel angry right now, or I feel happy today, you are describing something of who you are. Feelings are an important part of our lives, and they greatly influence our behavior. Well, now let's turn our attention to the topic of desires. You know, we are a creature of desire. That is, we want certain things, or we want to be a certain way, or we want other people to do certain things. Desires are usually expressed in terms of, I want, I wish, I hope, or I would like. These desires may be long-range or short-term. In all areas of life, 
we are filled with desires. We desire certain material things, and we desire certain things in our marriage relationship. These desires often set the stage for our actions. For example, I want my wife to feel loved may be impetus for buying her a dozen roses. As you are listening, you may not be consciously thinking of any desires, but with a little reflection you can probably list numerous ones. In terms of the material world, you may desire a new gas grill, new window treatments for the family room, carpet for the bedroom, new car, or new clothes. In the spiritual realm, you may desire to become more effective in sharing your faith, more consistent in your daily quiet time with God, more forgiving in your attitude toward others, or more liberal in your giving. In your relationship with your spouse, you may desire more communication, less arguing, more affection, or a higher level of sexual satisfaction. On and on the list could go in every area of life we have desires. Now, not all desires are of the same value. In fact, some of our desires may actually be evil or selfish desires. We are warned in Scripture to turn away from such desires. Paul indicated that the failures of ancient Israel should be an example to us so that we will not desire evil as they did. Jesus made it clear that to foster such desires is sinful. But I tell you, everyone who looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. We cannot keep evil desires from entering the mind, but we do not have to feed them. Martin Luther is attributed with the saying, We cannot keep the birds from flying over our heads, but we do not have to let them build nests in our hair. Paul instructed us to be taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. The word that is translated captive means literally to put a net around. It is the picture of catching a butterfly in a net. We are to take our desires captive or put nets around them and bring them to God and place them under His Lordship. If they are, in fact, evil desires, they are to be committed to Him and not pursued. If they are wholesome desires, then we are to apply our energies to bring them to pass. Being aware of our desires is the first step to being able to judge whether they are good or bad, loving or selfish. Remember, it's not sinful to have an evil or selfish desire. It is sinful to feed that desire and to act upon it. Some Christians feel guilty when an evil desire crosses their mind. They reason that if they were really good Christians, they would not have such desires. The fact is, we are all sinners by nature, and sinful thoughts are part of our fallen nature. The good news is that with the help of God's Spirit, we need not follow these evil desires. Dr. Chapman suggests the following prayer when you have an evil desire. Lord, you know what I'm thinking now. But I thank you that with your power, I do not have to follow that desire. Now guide me as I do something constructive with my life. Then move to take some constructive action. Such a prayer does not always remove the evil desire from your mind, 
but it does channel your energies into positive and constructive activity. Well, our time is gone for today. Have a safe and great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.